0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, As Liz said a minute ago, we are starting a brand new series called Friends. And uh, just so everyone knows, we did create this series um a couple months ago before this whole reunion episode came out of friends but the lord knew that we needed to be trendy and so look how on trend we are as a church who watched i'm not saying i condone not condone whatever who watched the new friends thing raise your hand listen you guys go find each other afterwards you'll be friends some of you didn't raise your hand and i know you did you're like am i allowed to do that in church what if they know i actually watched it um anyways well hey we are starting a new series called friends We are very excited, and here's the reason why, okay? The truth is this, whether you know it or not, believe it or not, but all of us were created, okay, to be in relationship. All of us were created by God, okay, to not be alone. In fact, he looked at man when he first made man and said, hey, that's pretty good, but he shouldn't be alone. Let me give him some companionship. Let me provide relationship for him. And then he made man and woman and he looked and he said, okay, now it's very good. It's very good that I've created relationship." Now, and so here's the thing, all of us were meant to be in relationships, relationships that are thriving, that are healthy, okay, that are full of life, not relationships that suck the life out of you and and drain you, and we'll talk about those. We're not going to talk about those today, but let me give you an idea of where we'll go the next four weeks. Today, I want to talk about um, what it means to be a friend, okay, next week, I'm going to talk about the type of friends that everybody needs, In week three, we're going to talk about how you don't just need a friend, but you need a group of friends. We call it community. Maybe that's a buzzword you've heard of, right? Community. You need a group of people, and then in week number four, okay, we're saving the best for last, but there are some friends that some of you need to push aside that probably aren't healthy for you, probably are sucking the life out of you, not pouring life in you, and uh, I'll help you identify who those friends are, and then you can do what you want with them, all right? I'll tell you what the bible has to say about him but here's why this matters okay my little boy was uh, reading some books the other day that we got for the from the library and it was talking about endangered species Okay, and so it's a new concept that he's learning about, you know, species that were once thriving but are now endangered. And as I typed in the word friends in Google, because second to the Bible, that's where every pastor starts with his message. And so I did the concordance first. What does the Bible have the word friend in it? And then over here, Google, tell me what the world is saying about friends. And something really interesting popped up. And when it comes to endangered species, I thought, wow, this is so fascinating and very sad at the same time. And here's what it said about friendships. It said, friendships is not endangered yet. It's not endangered yet, but it's on the wane. Isn't that interesting? That friendship is not yet an endangered species, but it is on the wane. It says, studies in the U.S. and France both found that people are spending less time with friends, neighbors, and relatives. And how true has that been in the last 12 months? And so we've gotta do something about this because we were created by God and he designed us to be in relationship with one another. But friendships, relationships, they're under attack. They're on the wane, and so there's a lot of reasons why, and I'll talk about that here in a minute, but I want to show you what the Bible says about those that that aren't in relationship and the danger of it. It says this in Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 8, it says this, where there was a man all alone, guess what? A man that had neither son or daughter, there was no end to his toil. And if you've been coming to Life Point Church very long, you've heard us say that scripture. But I think it's a good theme verse for this study that we're going to do on friends. That where there was a man all alone, where there was an individual with no relationship, no son, no brother, no friend, there was no end to his toil. What a sad life it would be to live a life where there was just no end to our misery, no end to our anxiety and depression and and all that we put into life because we just had no relationships. And so loneliness is actually, I don't know if you've read this or not. If you look up any major uh, news article, you'll see this about loneliness. Loneliness is the gap between the social connections you have Okay, the friendships you have or would like to have and the ones that you do not have. And as you Google friendships and loneliness, one of the things that you'll realize is over the last 20 years, it has actually been labeled as an epidemic. Did you know that? Loneliness is now labeled as a worldwide epidemic. That it's not only the US and France that says we're spending less time together, but worldwide, they would say loneliness is now an epidemic. It is a problem, and it affects people in really horrible ways. One article described loneliness as, uh, or its effect on the body as the equivalent of smoking 15 packs, or sorry, 15 cigarettes a day. 15 packs would be, I don't even know how many is in a pack, but 15 a day. That seems like a lot. They said loneliness, that, that the damaging effects is, is the equivalent to that. Not only, I did some study on loneliness just to tell you kind of what the facts say, and let me share with you some of them. The first is this. Loneliness is actually likely to increase your risk of death by 26%. Isn't that crazy? Loneliness, it says, is worse for you than obesity. Being lonely and social isolation are actually associated with increased risk of developing coronary heart disease and stroke, I mean, I never thought about this when it comes to isolation and loneliness, but these are the facts. Loneliness increases the risk of high blood pressure. Isn't that crazy? It says two-fifths, if you go on, two-fifths of elder people say that the television is their main company. How sad is that? During the pandemic, 61% of those between the ages of 18 to 25 reported extremely high levels of loneliness. In a world that is super connected on social media, 73% of users who were very active in social media are actually considered lonely. Loneliness is, is an epidemic. And here's the reality. We don't get to choose what we go through in life. Life will bring you some storms, life will bring you some situations, but here's what you do get to choose, who you go through it with. Yeah, that's good. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. You don't get to choose what's going to happen in life. Some things are just going to come your way. There's going to be some days that you just wake up and you do have to, you know, deal with a flat tire. There's going to be some days you wake up and you do get a bad report. From a doctor, there are gonna be some things that, that happen where your kid's sick and you do gotta to go to the hospital. You're gonna wake up and there is some tension in your marriage. We don't always get to choose what we go through in life, but we do get to choose who we go through it with. And I would just implore and implore, and, and, and the, the reason why I want to do this series in our church is I, I just want us to determine that we're never gonna go through life alone. That life may throw us some stuff, but we're going to choose not to do it alone. That we're going to choose that we won't be the man that was all alone where there was no end to his toil, but we'll be the man or we'll be the woman that chooses to do life in relationships. But here's the thing, relationships, friendships, it actually is a choice that we make. We actually choose to lean into those. And the problem is over the past decade, we've actually pulled away from those because of several things. And, and today I'm going to hit a little bit on social media, um, but this is not a series attacking social media. But today I do need to come at it a little bit because as we've grown in, 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 in communication, and as we can communicate anywhere, and I love it. I love being able to get on a FaceTime and my mother-in-law and father-in-law who we hadn't seen in a year till recently be able to spend time with you know my little boy on FaceTime. I love it. So I'm not knocking it. It's, it's an amazing thing that we have that ability to communicate with one another. But what has happened is as communication has, has increased, guess what has decreased? Connection. Isn't it interesting that studies have shown we are more um, we are we are we are more easily able to communicate than ever before, but connection is at an all-time low. Wow. It's fascinating. And so, what is what is a friend? What does it mean to have a friend? Well, Proverbs seventeen seventeen says this, and I want to read to you in the IGV. You may not understand that translation, but it's the Instagram version, and it says this. A friend is someone that you may or may not know well who accepts your friend requests. This person is born to like and comment on your post and make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> Friendship, everybody. Define. Say, Selah. See you later. No. <laughs> no, what is a friend? A friend is this, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend is one that loves at all times that's a friend. A friend is someone that loves at all times. A brother or sister is born for a time of adversity. Wouldn't it be great if we had a friend in our life or a group of people that loved you at all times? Wouldn't it be amazing that no matter what you were walking through, you could say, I've got people. I've got people that love me at all times, and not only love me, it seems like they were born for such a time as this. It seems like as I walk through things that, that the adversity that I'm walking through, like they were meant to walk through it with me. That's what, that's what God has for us. God has relationships for us if we will take them seriously and we'll, we'll make the effort to be a friend and to find friends that, that you can experience this, a group of people that love you at all times. Now, here's what American sociologists say, though, that's, that's very fascinating. They said 25 years ago, the average American uh, had six close friends. So, to, you know, two and a half decades ago, the average American had about six close friends. So now, 25 years later, guess how many friends the average American has? Two. But 25% of America, according to sociologists, actually have zero close friends. That's an epidemic. And that's not what God has for you. God has friends for you. People to love you at all times, to walk through life with you. You know, some of this series is birthed out of conversations that I've had with my own family, even my parents. Had a conversation with my dad at one point, and I was talking to him about some things, and I was like, well, who do you got? And he's like, well, son, I don't, I don't really have any friends. More connected than ever, more communication than ever, but no friends. And one out of four people that you talk to, they would say that's true about themselves as well. And so I wonder what has caused this, and, and I'm going to get to some more scripture here in a second, but I'm just building a foundation for this next four weeks. What has caused this? Well, I think the first thing is this. I think the first thing is just the rise of individualism. That that there's been this, this, this desire in all of us to just be individualist and, you know, to say, you know, what I'm doing matters and I need to stick out. And in and, and some ways that separated us from the pack and separated us from the crowd. And so, so individualism has, has created some of that. I think just modern technology as a whole, right? I mean, it used to be that you know, 25 years ago, if you had a garage door, it was always up, yeah. and there were neighbors always in the drive-thru. In fact, when we bought a house, um, I don't know, our first house when we got married 15 years ago, um, I had three neighbors, so the one across and the one that, two right here, they never had their garage door closed, ever. And there's an old show, like King of the Hill, that's how they were. They were the King of the Hill guys. I mean, they were out there with their beverage of choice all night long. Now, they had each other's back. But, but what has happened is we have got busier and business has, has risen and, and, and the way that we have to do business and, and our schedules and all of that. And so what happens, we're so exhausted because of work, we're so exhausted because of everything we're putting our hands to, we get home and the first thing that needs to do is the garage door needs to close because if the neighbor comes and talks to me, it's going to take up some of my time. Yeah. And so we don't want that anymore. And so we raise it up and we close it down. Opposites don't attract. I think that's caused some issues, right? The more opinionated our society has been, what has that done? It's caused a decrease in relationships because while opposites may attract in a dating relationship, I don't even know if that's true, okay? In relationships with each other, opposites don't attract. If you don't believe what I believe, I hate you. And so it's caused this divide in relationships, not only that, but there has been an explosion of social media. Yeah. Social media over the, I mean, 25 years ago, what was Facebook? Yeah. When Facebook came out, I was like, what is that? You know, and then we had MySpace and all that. And, you know, that was back in the day where you downloaded MP3s on Napster and wondered if you were going to go to jail, yeah. you know, and all. Some people remember that, right? And now we have Instagram and TikTok and Reels and, and all of that stuff. And, and we have to acknowledge today that social media has redefined the meaning of friendship. Yeah, that's good. That instead of going to our neighbor's house, you know what many people do? They sit depressingly at their house yeah. surfing everybody else's perfect lives. And it gives us an illusion of intimacy, but it's, it's counterfeit to the friendships that God intended for us. Yeah. It, it's, it's counterfeit to, 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 to what God has for us to thrive and, and to have a support system and to have people that love us at all times. But the problem with social media is this, the more I use it, the more I crave it. Yeah. And so it's become an addiction that has redefined what a friend looks like. And so we've got we've to get back to what a friendship is. We've got to get back to, to what true, authentic community looks like. And so if I had a goal in mind for this summer, it would be this, that the end of the next four weeks, that everybody in our church had a friend. Yeah. That if, if statistics are true, 25% of you in this church would say, I don't really have a close friend, and I don't want that. And for the rest of us, I want to redefine what it means to be a good friend yeah, good, and what kind, of, what kind of friend that you can be for others, and then also what kind of friend you should expect from others. Yeah, yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about the three types of friends that, that everybody needs. But today, I want to talk just for the next 15 minutes about this. How do you just be a friend? I think we forgot what it means to be a friend because we've thought friendships were, you know, sending a request, waiting for somebody to say yes or no, and if they said yes, then I friended them. Yeah. Uh, wow. but, <laughs> but making friends and being friends is way more complicated than that. Yeah. And it takes way more effort than searching a name and clicking request. And so how do you be a friend? How do, you, how do you be a good friend to other people? How do you be the friend for the 25% that don't have any friends? And then as I'm being a friend, what should it look like? Well, number one is this, just two points that I have for you today. The first thing when it comes to being a friend, I think is this, is we've gotta get physical. I debated whether or not to call it this because that sounds, get your mind out of the gutters, all y'all. I just wanted to make it really clear, Okay. I thought, okay, if most of us have been really good at getting digital, let's get physical. Meaning you got to get back in person. If I can't, I don't want to say that, touch you. If I can't high five you, we got to get present together. I want you to remember this. Single people, don't use my sermon point as an opportunity in your dating life. But we've gotta get physically together again. If you're gonna be a friend to other people, it's not just picking up a cell phone and saying, how are you? It's so much more than that. It's community where we're gathered together, physically present. And so here's a challenge that I want all of us to take, and I'm not going to make you say this out loud with me, even though I would love to, but I don't want anyone to think we're a cult in here. But here's what it is, and it's this. I will develop my friendships face-to-face, not thumbs-to-thumbs, that you would make a commitment in your life to develop your friendships face-to-face. Mano in mano, person to person, lunch after lunch, not just thumb to thumb. There is power in, in physical presence. I mean, even Jesus, right? When he went and gathered the people that ultimately would change the world, he didn't gather them and say, okay, just kind of wait over here and when I'm done doing my thing, you'll do yours. He didn't give them a book and say, go read everything that the prophets wrote about. Go back and read the Torah and all of that. No, he said, come with me. Let's spend time together. Let's be in relationship. You know why those guys were able to change the world? Because he spent time with them. He didn't just tell them about miracles. He said, let's go do them together. You watch me. I'll show you. I'm, you're going to see me put my hand on people. We're going to spend time talking around a meal afterwards. We're going to spend time together. You know, when Jesus was passing by, when we look at the very beginning where it says, Andrew, okay, and so we know Simon, K, and, and, and Peter and Andrew, the brothers, they first came in the beginning, okay? John the Baptist, he said, hey, there's the Messiah. Andrew said, that's the one we've been waiting for. I must go spend some time with him. And so he followed him and they spent the day together. See, there's power in togetherness. There's power in face-to-face. And there's a very popular scripture that we've used for a long time, and uh, we've, we've used it in the context, and, and I think that this is one context of it, of gathering physically in a church building, but it's not just this gathering, it's also meeting together, period, and it's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and it says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, for I read the rest. I wonder if I do that as a friend. Do I think of ways to motivate my friends? To, to challenge my friends to acts of love and good works. That should probably be first subpoint under point number one. Get physical. Is think about ways to challenge and, and to motivate friendships to, to what? To good works and and acts of love, what would it look like if, if we sat around dreaming throughout the day of, man, how can I get Sihan to love people better? How can I motivate him? How can I encourage him? How can I, how can I go have lunch with him and, and say, okay, Sihan, man, this I believe this in you, man. You're incredible. I want to encourage you to acts of love. I want to encourage you to do good things for others. And one, two, three, go, right? I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah. And it says, and this, and then let us not neglect meeting together. It's not, it can't be any more black and white than that. Meeting. Together. Let's get face to face. Some people, though, do. This is a problem that's been going. See, I think the enemy's been trying to attack relationships on, for years. And the apostle Paul, he recognized it and he said, hey, let's. Maybe he wrote Hebrews. I mean, it's still kind of a... But, but he said, hey, let's, let's not neglect meeting together as some people are in the habits of doing. He said, but, but let's encourage one another, especially now as the day returns and his drawing is near. Yeah. Do I know when he's going to return? I don't know. But his drawing is just as near now as it was then. And so let's not neglect meeting together. Let's not neglect getting getting face-to-face with people. You know, there's power when somebody shows up. How many times have you ever got with somebody and maybe you were hurting and and you shared maybe, you shared a little bit, you took off the mask a little bit and somebody said, hey, I'm praying for you. That's great. It's great for somebody to pray for you. It's another thing for somebody to... To not only pray for you, but to show up for you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I want a church that prays for people, but also shows up for yeah, people. Yeah, to say, you know what? I won't just pray for you later. Let's go pray now. Let's go spend some time together now. Let me come over to your house now. I heard somebody in our church tell me a story about a guy that, that came, he was struggling, and, and another person in our church didn't just say, I'll pray for you. He actually went to the person's house, sat on his couch, and said, let's pray together. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. How awesome would that be? That we were so committed relationally to, to getting together, to meeting with one another that it wasn't just I'll pray for you. No, I'll do more than pray for you. I'll show up. I'll do more than just pray for you in the hospital when you're at the hospital. I'll show up at the hospital. I'll bring you something to the hospital. I'll come lay hands for you at the hospital. And by the way, it's not just physically showing up, but it's emotionally showing up as well. Have you, I've never been a part of this, but I've seen this happen. Have you ever been with a group of friends and you looked up halfway through the night and everybody was on their cell phones? I've never been that person. Isn't it crazy? I have, I'm sorry if you didn't realize. Isn't it crazy that you can go out to eat and you can look at the table across from you and there'll be a family for every one of them on their cell phones? Physically present, but not emotionally present. Yeah, physically there together, and we're all guilty of it. I mean, maybe you're a saint and you're not, but all of us. Okay, it, 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 it's it's a such a consuming piece of technology, and it it's attacked us more now than ever. Yeah, and it's so hard. And I, I'm not trying to to beat us up about it. I'm just saying. We can't just be physically present, but we do got to push the devices away sometime and be emotionally present. There's nothing that brings me to this realization more than when my little boy is trying to get my attention and then says, Daddy, put your phone down. When a four-year-old recognizes that's in the way of us right now, he'll say, look at me. Look at me. Worst father of the year. Okay, we can all do better. So it's not just about being, being, being physically present, but, uh, but emotionally as well, because at the end of our life, y'all, it's not gonna matter how many, you know, likes. It's so, can I have my phone real quick? I walked into a store the other day, okay, and somebody was TikToking. They weren't looking at anything. They almost ran me over, and this was them. oh, wait, wait. Yeah, you know, it's so good in here. I mean, just like, wait, that angle's wrong. Get the light. And I'm like, we're that connected to our device? that we care more about likes that people give us that will never know us or never spend time with us instead of looking around with our eyes open saying, is anybody hurting around me? Is anybody struggling around me? Is there any people around me that I can... Listen, the church will be the church when we open our eyes and we look at the people around us, but you can't see the people around you if you're looking at all the people that are, you know, you don't even have the people on reels. You don't even know. You'll never see. They showed up because, you know, you'll... Sorry. I love this. Nobody has to turn it off. I'm not saying that. But I am saying God has more for you. Yeah, that's good. There's more for you. There's more for you than than relationships that are digital. But there's relationships that God has for you that are face to face that will build you up. We gotta start going to meals together again. We've gotta start sharing time with one another again. We have to choose to make time again. Make time again. We're all busy. And busyness, busyness will rob you of relationships. When close friends, okay, and I get it, there's there, there there are times when, when this matters, okay, that you really are so busy that we've got to get on each other's calendar, but we've used busyness as an excuse and we've pushed people away, and we've sat at home feeling alone and depressed, all because we've chosen not to make time to get together. So here's a challenge for you. Go to somebody's house this month. Go to dinner with somebody. That person that's been saying, let's get together, be a friend, get together, make time, push something else down, and say, you know what, I'll do that. I'll spend some time with you, all right? So that's the first one, get face-to-face. The last one is this, we got to get open. So good friends don't just meet together, but they also, they also get open, you know, I read something in my research about the cell phone, and it says that there's a, there's a new phobia that is very common with people, and it's talking on the phone. Jennifer, this is you in some ways, huh? My wife hates talking on the phone. Does anybody like talking on the phone? A couple of you. See, that's not even half the room. So, so most of you, you don't like it. Well, there's actually a phobia of people that don't like talking on the phone. You may have it. But here's what they said the reason why... Most people with the phobia don't like talking on the phone because when they have to talk, they're afraid they might have to be honest. Mm -hmm. So in a text, they can filter things. And it's easy to say, no, I'm good. But how many of you know when you talk to somebody, you can hear things in their voice? They're afraid if they pick up the phone and they're really not good, that the other person will know. Hey, how are you? good. Sounds like you're crying. You're good? What do you mean you're good? Why are you crying? And so, so that's, that's just the world we live in, that it's easier to push it down and to handle it on our own than to get open. But if we're going to be true friends, we're going to have healthy relationships. We got to get together, but we also got to get open. James 5.16 says this, confess your sins. We've read this 50 times since we started as a church. Confess him to each other. I'm not talking about your deepest, darkest. Some of you need to do that because it may sound cliche, but it is so true. You only are as sick as your secrets. Some of you, you're sick. You're sick. You're hurting. And the way you're gonna get better is to get open to confess confess and then together pray for each other lay hands on each other put an arm around each other sit on a couch together cry together hurt together carry one another's burdens together See, it's really hard for somebody to sit down beside me and to be going through something and them get open and me not hurt as well. But it's super easy when I do it all digital for somebody to say, I'm not doing okay. And the emotion gets sucked out of it. But when we get together and then we get open, man, healing happens. Are you in here and maybe you're sick? You've got some secrets that you haven't told anybody. In fact, your worst fear is them getting out. Somebody finding out about it. How you would look. What they would think about you. What would it do to your life, your job, your career, your marriage? Sir, ma'am, don't hold that. Don't carry that. It's time to get healing from that. You don't got to stand up here and tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody. Stop carrying the weight of your problems on your shoulders alone and rediscover the lost art of friendships. Or you can go to somebody and say, You don't know this. You probably do, actually. But if you don't, you need to know. I'm hurting. I'm sick. I'm struggling. I can barely feel. See, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect to other people through our weaknesses. You want real friendships? Take off the mask. Take off the mask. Get open. Find somebody this week and say, you don't know this, but you need to know this. And again, not everybody. It's funny how we'll blast parts of it to everybody online, but we'll give none of it to a person face to face. You'll blast the half-truth to everybody. But the thing that really needs to come out, you'll hold back. Whatever it is you've been holding back on, go find somebody. Connect with them face-to-face and get open. Man, if we can rediscover the lost art of, of friendships, of, of being a friend, and look, it starts with us. The friends that other people need, it's gonna start with you being the, the kind of friend that you need to be. We get to model this, we get to lead the way. I'm so thankful for my wife this summer. We've just we've, we've committed to community. We've invited people over to our house. We've, we've already got it. We said, outside of everything we're doing, we're gonna make this the priority. And she's got a ton of dates on the calendars for people just to come over got no agenda. It's not to grow the church. It's not to ask you to lead more. It's not to get you on the dream team a few bit. no, we just want to say we love you. And look, we can't do it for everybody. If you need somebody, come let me know. I'll do it for you. We'll go to lunch. We'll hang out. Come over. But we want to do it for some, many as we can. You can't be everyone's friend, but do for one or two what you wish you could do for everyone and get together, get open, take off the mask and watch what happens as you model the way of being a friend, how their walls come down and they may become the friend that you need. And so here's the question everyone goes home with today and it's this, what kind of friend will you be? Will you be a texting friend? Or will you be a face-to-face friend that shows up, shows up, that gets honest? See John 13, 34 says this, a new command I give you, to love one another. As I have loved you, You must love one another. I think rediscovering the art of relationships actually will help everyone know, everyone know that you're his disciples. I think as people look at the relationships and the health in your life and the friends that you have, it will be a perfect picture as you love others of a good God. That is gracious. That is gracious. So what kind of friend will you be? We've got small groups all summer long, okay? It's just an easy way to find a friend. If you didn't get in one last weekend, go online, okay? lifepointlu.org. Hit the small groups tab. Find a group. Sign up today. Get in a small group. Even if you can only make it one or two times, it's only six times this semester during the summer, then we give you a break. Even if you can only come one or two times, get in community this summer. Get in some relationship this summer. Find a friend. Do some life. If you're traveling a lot this summer, totally understand. But when you're home, take a moment. Find a friend. Invite them over. Go to lunch. Do something because we need it. All the vacations in the world won't fill you up like a good cup of coffee with a great friend. Where you get open and you get real. And guys... Research shows that we need this more than ever, that the loneliest people on the planet are males. is that crazy? I said this because it used to be that males needed each other to survive. They hunted together, gathered together, warred together. And over time, those things are not something, we can go to the grocery store together. We're not fighting together. And so males, lonelier than they've ever been, you gotta commit to this. You need friends. I don't want you to be like the family member of mine that I describe that says, well, son, I don't really have anybody. And so can I pray for you? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? You know, Jesus said that he would be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And maybe today the friend that you need is not just the person sitting beside you while you need them. But maybe the true friend that you need this morning is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. The friend that loved you so much, the Bible says, he laid down his life for you. Today, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never said, Jesus, I receive your friendship, where heaven can be my home, where I can spend an eternity with you, if you're far from God, but today you need to come close to Him, the Bible says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord Shall be saved. So it's real easy this morning. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And you shall be saved. Repent of our sins. Just saying, Jesus, I've been doing life my own way. I'm sorry. Today, I want to do life your way. So if that's you today, uh, nobody's looking around. Not going to embarrass anybody, call anybody out, but I'd love to pray for you, and I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer to just ultimately call on the name of the Lord. If Today, that's you, and you would say, you know what, I need that friend in my life. The friend that sticks closer than a brother that laid down his life for me, I want him. That's you, I just wanna ask at this time that you'd slip up a hand. Just leave it up for a second. Just wanna see and know who I'm praying with. You can slip it right back down. Thank you so much. You slip your hand down. Would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I need you. I call on you today. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And give me a life that is fully alive. For the rest of us in this room, I would say this this morning. Just two questions. What is God saying to you through this message today? And then secondly, what do you need to do about it? God, may you give each person in this room the courage to not just let a message come in one ear and out the other, but to actually do something about it. May their relationships be healthier than ever. May they find a friend that loves at all times. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, everybody. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.